Aptitudes for AI Governance Work By Sam Clark I outline eight aptitudes for AI governance work. For each, I give examples of existing work that draws on the aptitude, and a more detailed breakdown of the skills I think are useful for excelling at the aptitude. How this might be helpful For orienting to the kinds of work you might be best suited to. For thinking through your skill gaps for those kinds of work. Offering an abstraction which might help those thinking about field building slash talent pipeline strategy. That's the end of that list. Epistemic status. I've spent approximately three years doing full-time AI governance work. Of that, I spent approximately six months FTE working on questions related to the AI governance talent pipeline with government AI. Next point. My work has mostly been fairly foundational research, so my views about aptitudes for research why work, that is the first four aptitudes in this post, are more confident than for more applied or practical work, that is the latter three aptitudes in this post. Next point. I've spent approximately five hours talking with people hiring in AI governance about the talent needs they have. See this post for a write-up of that work. I've spent many more hours talking with AI governance researchers about their work, not focused specifically on talent needs. This post should be read as just one framework that might help you orient to AI governance work, rather than as making strong claims about which skills are most useful. That's the end of that list. Heading. Some AI governance relevant aptitudes. Subheading. Macro strategy. Subheading. What this is, investigating foundational topics that bear on more applied or concrete AI governance questions. Some key characteristics of this kind of work include. The questions are often not neatly scoped, such that generating or clarifying questions is part of the work. It involves balancing an unusually wide or open-ended range of considerations. Next point. A high level of abstraction is involved in reasoning. There's a footnote here. Note that it's normally important to be able to move back and forth between different levels of abstraction. Otherwise, a pitfall of this kind of work is either getting lost in abstraction land, or not being sufficiently attentive to relevant empirical facts. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. The methodology is often not very clear, such that you can't just plug and play with some standard methodology from a particular field. That's the end of that list. Examples. Descriptive work on estimating certain key variables. For example, reports on AI timelines and takeoff speeds. Next point. Prescriptive work on what intermediate goals to aim for. For example, analysis of the impact of USGov 2022 export controls. There was a footnote in that paragraph after what intermediate goals, and it reads By intermediate goal. I mean a goal for improving the lasting impacts of AI that's more specific and directly actionable than a high-level goal like, reduce risk of power-seeking AI, but is less specific and directly actionable than a particular intervention. For example something like improve coordination between frontier AI labs. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. Conceptual work on developing frameworks, taxonomies, models, etc. that could be useful for structuring future analysis. For example the vulnerable world hypothesis. That's the end of that list. Useful skills. Generating, structuring, and weighing considerations. 
being able to generate lots of different considerations for a given question and weigh up these considerations appropriately. There's an indented list here. First point. For example, there are a lot of considerations that bear on the question, would it reduce AI risk? If the US government enacted antitrust regulation that prevents big tech companies from buying AI startups, there's an indented list here. First point. Some examples of considerations are, how much could this accelerate or slow down AI progress? How much could this increase or decrease Western AI leadership relative to China? How much harder or easier would this make it for the US government to enact safety-focused regulations? How would this affect the likelihood that a given company, for example, Alphabet, plays a leading role in transformative AI development, etc.? Next point. Each of these considerations is also linked to various other considerations. For instance, the consideration about the pace of AI progress links to the higher-level consideration. How does the pace of AI progress affect the level of AI risk and the lower-level consideration? How does market structure affect the pace of AI progress? That lower-level consideration can then be linked to even lower levels, like, what are the respective roles of compute scaling and new ideas in driving AI progress, and, would spreading researchers out across a larger number of startups increase the rate at which new ideas are generated? That's the end of the indented list. Next point. Being able to, at least implicitly, build up these kinds of structures of considerations is an important skill, particularly for reasoning about the all-things-considered effect of some policy that's being considered. Next point. It's also really valuable to develop good intuitions about the relative importance of different considerations, and the tractability of gaining clarity about them, to avoid being bogged down. You need to make decisions about what you will actively dig into and what you will mostly assume or ignore. This skill relates closely to the skill of using abstraction well. That's the end of the indented list. Next point. Using abstraction well. Abstraction, ignoring details to simplify the topic you're thinking about, is an essential tool for reasoning, especially about macro issues. It saves you cognitive effort, allows you to reason about a larger set of similar cases at the same time, and prompts you to think more crisply. However, details will often matter a lot in practice and people can underestimate how much predictive power they lose by abstracting. Knowledge about AI, for example roughly how modern AI systems work, and AI threat models is important for lots of this work. Sometimes, the vices of laziness, impatience, hubris and self-preservation are important. See this post for more on that. That's the end of that list. Heading. Interlude, skills that are useful across many aptitudes. Under each aptitude, this post lays out skills that seem useful for excelling at it. But there are some skills that are useful across many aptitudes. To avoid repetition, I'm going to list those here. Heading. Useful skills for all the aptitudes. Here's a list of bullet points. Impact focus. The motivation to have an impact through your research, an ability to reason about what it takes to produce this impact. Being scope-sensitive in the way you think about impact. Productivity. All else equal, doing things more quickly is better. That's the end of that list. Heading. Useful skills for research aptitudes. Here's a list of bullet points. Good epistemics, in particular. There's an indented list here. First point. Scout mindset. The motivation to see things as they are, not as you wish they were 
to clearly and self-critically evaluate the strongest arguments on both sides. See this book for more. Reasoning Transparency Communicating in a way that prioritizes the sharing of information about underlying general thinking processes. See this post for more. Next point. Appropriately weighing evidence. Having an accurate sense of how much information different types of evidence, for example, regression analyses, expert opinions, game theory models, historical trends, and common sense, provide is crucial for reaching an overall opinion on a question. In general, researchers should be wary of overvaluing a particular form of evidence, for example, deferring too much to experts or making strong claims based on a single game theory model or empirical study. That's the end of the indented list. Next point. Comfort with quantitative analysis. Even if you don't often use quantitative research methods yourself, it will probably be useful to read and understand quantitative analyses a non-trivial amount of the time. So, although it is definitely not necessary to have a STEM background, it is useful to be comfortable dealing with topics like probability, statistics, and expected value. Writing. See this post for some thoughts on why and how to improve at writing. Ability to get up to speed in an area quickly. Rigor and attention to detail. That's the end of that list. Heading. Policy development. Subheading. What this is, taking intermediate goals, for example, improve coordination between frontier AI labs, and developing concrete proposals for achieving them. Some key characteristics of this kind of work include. There was a footnote in that paragraph after, and developing concrete, and it reads. Eventually, proposals need to be very concrete, for example, this office, should use, this authority, to put in place, this regulation, which will have, these technical details and they're not going to want to do it for, these reasons. This set of facts, will be adequate to convince them to do it anyway. Normally there will be intermediate work that isn't as concrete as this. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. Here's a list of bullet points. Often has similar features to macro strategy work, especially when it requires navigating a relatively open design space, and understanding and weighing many second-order effects that a policy might have. Requires familiarity with relevant institutions. That's the end of that list. Examples. Proposals for licensing regimes requiring AI labs to seek approval from some third-party body before training certain kinds of AI systems. Proposals for international AI safety agreements. That's the end of that list. Useful skills. Familiarity with relevant institutions, for example governments, AI labs. There's an indented list here. First point. For example how policymaking works in the institution, knowing the difference between the on-paper and in-practice versions of that, knowing how to ask questions which elucidate that difference, understanding the current political climate in the institution. Actually having experience in slash adjacent to the institution is very helpful, though not strictly necessary. That's the end of the indented list. Next point. Additionally, policy development work can involve more or less of the macro strategy aptitude. There's an indented list here. First point. When developing policies to achieve some predetermined, well-scoped objective, the macro strategy aptitude is less necessary. However, to the extent that figuring out or clarifying the policy objective is part of the work, 
the skills listed under the macro strategy aptitude are important. That's the end of the indented list. Plus, the skills that are useful across many aptitudes. That's the end of that list. Heading. Well-scoped research. Subheading. What this is, answering well-scoped questions that are useful for AI governance. There was a footnote thereafter, answering well-scoped questions, and it reads. By well-scoped questions, I mean ones which don't require further clarification and have a fairly clear methodology which can be applied to answer them. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. Examples. Descriptive work on reviewing, synthesizing, summarizing the literature or things about the world. There's an indented list here. First point. For example AI index reports. For example work investigating recent trends in China's large language model landscape. For example reviews of government AI policy levers, like this one. That's the end of the indented list. Next point. Evaluative work on forming judgments about whether some claim is true when this doesn't lean heavily on the macro strategy aptitude. For example lots of forecasting work, for example on extrapolating algorithmic progress in image classification. That's the end of that list. Useful skills. Domain knowledge slash subject expertise. Although being familiar with a range of areas can be helpful, it is often very valuable to know a lot about one or two particular topics, ones that are especially important and where few other experts exist. Some example relevant subjects include AI hardware, information security, the Chinese AI industry, plus the skills that are useful across many aptitudes. That's the end of that list. Heading. Distillation. Subheading. What this is, clarifying ideas, working out how best to present them, and writing them up, rather than coming up with new ideas. Examples. Clarifying AIX risk. Many cold takes posts, for example the biological anchors method in a nutshell. That's the end of that list. Useful skills. Using abstraction well. Plus the skills that are useful across many aptitudes, especially writing. That's the end of that list. Heading. Public comms. Subheading. What this is, communicating about AI issues, to for example ML researchers, AGI labs, policymakers, the public, to foster an epistemic environment that favors good outcomes, for example more people believe AI could be really dangerous. Examples. Books, websites, podcasts, other media. For example superintelligence. Open letters. For example the AI extinction statement. Being a public intellectual. For example Brian Christian, Max Tegmark, Stuart Russell. That's the end of that list. Useful skills. Modeling how groups of people respond to communication. Expertise as appropriate for the form of communication, for example website design, book writing. Relevant credentials. Plus. Useful skills for all the aptitudes. That's the end of that list. Heading. Political and bureaucratic aptitudes. Subheading. What this is, advancing into some high leverage role within, or adjacent to, a key government, AI lab or other institution, from which you can help it to make decisions that lead to good outcomes from advanced AI. Examples. Individuals working in, or advising, key governments and AI labs. Useful skills. 
a good understanding of the relevant messy human institutions, strong social skills, emotional intelligence and verbal communication. Professionalism. Next point. Certain kinds of credentials are useful to different degrees in different environments, for example. There's an indented list here. First point. Having a PhD grants more on-paper seniority within certain relevant AI labs. Having a master's degree makes it easier to be hired by certain relevant think tanks. That's the end of the indented list. Project management is often useful, since this work often involves coordinating people to get things done. Plus. Useful skills for all the aptitudes. That's the end of that list. Heading. Management and mentorship. Subheading. What this is, directing and coordinating people to do useful work, and enabling them to become excellent. There's a footnote here. Management and mentorship seem like somewhat different skill sets to me, in particular. It seems possible to be excellent at mentorship but not at other aspects of management, but they blur into each other enough that I've grouped them. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. Examples. Managers at organizations doing relevant work, such as research managers on the Rethink Priorities AI Governance and Strategy Team. Individuals who mentor slash supervise on fellowships for junior researchers, for example those run by Government AI, ERA, and SERI. That's the end of that list. Useful skills. People management, for example. There's an indented list here. First point. Providing support and coaching to direct reports slash mentees. Stakeholder management. That's the end of the indented list. Project management. Hiring. Being good at the object level work you're managing slash mentoring people in. Plus. Useful skills for all the aptitudes. That's the end of that list. Heading. Caveats. Here's a list of bullet points. Whilst I've tried to cover a lot of ground here, I expect to have missed some things. In particular, I don't expect the lists of skills required to be complete. Something that's kind of missing is a leadership aptitude. I often think of leadership as a composite aptitude, composed of management and strategy. Something like a field-building aptitude is also missing. Many people doing valuable work are strong in several aptitudes. I am not trying to give the impression that you should necessarily try to specialize in a given aptitude. That's the end of that list. Thanks to Charlotte Siegman and Rose Hadshaw for comments and conversations, and to Ben Garfinkel for guidance and feedback. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for the Effective Altruism Forum. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.